0: The Defense Department has a new plan to speed up its adoption of artificial intelligence technologies. The AI and Data Acceleration Initiative, or ADA, formally launched this week. It includes four lines of effort, all designed to make sure DOD isn't just working with AI in experimental settings, but also moving it into practical applications in combatant commands around the world. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has the details. Within the next 30 days, the department plans to start dispatching teams of data experts to all 11 combatant commands. Their first task is to take stock of the local data environment, including by cataloging the feeds commanders currently use to make decisions, data that AI algorithms could potentially help with. Lieutenant General Michael Groen is the director of DOD's Joint Artificial Intelligence Center.
1: And the combatant commanders were chosen specifically uh, because, one, they have their own exercise environments, but they have real decision environments, really the toughest decision environments of anybody. You know, as in any large enterprise, if you're going to use artificial intelligence and start bringing those sort of data-driven tools to bear, um, you have to understand your data. You have to clean up your data. You have to get the data where where you want it. And so data curation, data conditioning, data quality control, data management all become really important functions. Combatant commanders and their staffs are built to fight the U.S. Joint Force right? They're not built to do those technical functions. They need help. So the first part of ADA is to bring in data teams. uh, Operational data teams, we'll call them. They will work with combatant command staffs and headquarters and commanders to get the data in a good place.
0: Next, within about 90 days, DOD will deploy a second set of flyaway teams to start the work of actually applying algorithms to that newly curated data and says their objectives are twofold. The first is to help combatant commanders solve their own problems. The second is to let the department as a whole learn how to apply AI at large scale in a real-world warfighting environment.
1: What we want to do is experiment in the environments that we expect our algorithms to work. You can do it in a lab, but when you bring that lab-tested you know, that lab tested, uh, you know, capability out to the uh, combatant commander or out somewhere on the tactical edge, you're going to realize, holy cow, the latency here is horrible or it's intermittent Uh, holy cow, the reliability and the uptime of the servers that I require is not sufficient, right? By, By doing this ADA experimentation, in the place that we expect our algorithms to work, we will discover the bureaucratic obstacles, the cultural obstacles, and the technical obstacles to making these things successful. And then we can bring that back. So we're great partners. We mentioned the CDO and the, and, the, and their role in the data enterprise, but we're also great partners with the CIO, who actually know, owns, operates, builds, and fixes these networks. We can use what we what we observe in the real working environment to help inform uh, upgrades to networks, upgrades to architecture, re-architecturing uh, things that you know that, that maybe have to be re- completely redone in a data-driven environment.
0: And the department expects those AI implementation teams to operate on a longer-term basis than the initial data cleanup teams. They're designed to add new capabilities to combatant commands on an incremental basis and approach DOD-likens to modern software engineering. Kathleen Hicks. The Deputy Secretary of Defense says the teams will need to be mindful of the command's busy operational schedules, but DOD wants AI experimentation to be part of the regular military exercises combatant commanders already conduct.
2: As we complete these episodic exercises and experiments, we intend to leave behind capability in our wake. True to our software engineering mindset, We aim to iteratively gain capability and rapidly scale to other combatant command environments with similar challenges. This will ultimately produce data and operational platforms designed for real-time sensor data fusion, automated command and control tasking, and autonomous system integration. It will allow data to flow across both geographic and functional commands.
0: And once that starts to happen, department leaders think they'll have the building blocks in place for large-scale data management platforms that can serve the entire DoD.
2: By generated, centralized, and scalable data, we will be accelerating the gains to be had from leveraging AI. The ADA initiative recognizes the challenges that we are facing and provides a systematized method to harness data and AI. It creates a concrete path forward for a mission space that has too often appeared to be more rhetoric action.
0: The experimentation work the new ADA teams will do isn't just focused on data management and technical issues. Groen says the department wants to use the process to find answers to a broad array of challenges that have so far held AI and machine learning back from large-scale implementation throughout the military services. He says that will likely include the discovery of some areas in which DOD IT policies need to be updated. Maybe
1: it's insufficient to have, you know, an authority to operate structure where you make really, uh, you make decisions about what can go on what network in a very deliberate and maybe a way that we could update. That's the kind of stuff that we hope to, uh, we hope to understand, uh, policy obstacles, cultural obstacles, technical obstacles, network obstacles. And if we learn what those obstacles are, then we can address the real problems to AI implementation because we can ha- we can do design documents in the lab and build AI in the lab forever until we can actually employ them on the, in the environments that they're expected to operate in and that they're expected to work, we're not going to know. And that's unacceptable to us. And so ADA is, is exactly designed for that purpose. We can, we can find out for sure, does this
0: work or does it not work? Jared Serbu, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Check out Jared's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Still to come on Federal News Network, the NSA provides a case history in how to not do procurement and contract management. This is The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.
3: This is John Gilroy, host of Federal Tech Talk. I spent more than a decade interviewing the federal contracting community on IT trends and how they shape the work done by the federal government. Technology's evolution has helped and challenged feds to keep pace and make the best use of IT to meet their agency's mission. Meet the next tech company government needs to know on Federal Tech Talk. Tuesday afternoons at 1 on Federal News Network or subscribe to Federal Tech Talk on iTunes or Podcast One. Welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Rick Wade, Senior Vice President of Strategic Alliances and Outreach at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Previously, Rick was a Senior Advisor and Deputy Chief of Staff to Secretary of Commerce Gary Locke. He worked closely with the Obama Administration. And he also worked with Commerce's Economic Development Administration to foster regional economic development in distressed areas and with the Minority Business Development Agency to create jobs through the growth of minority-owned businesses. He received a B.S. from the University of South Carolina and an M.P.A. from Harvard University. Rick, welcome and thanks so much for joining me.
4: And Thank you so much for having me. Look forward to the conversation.
3: Rick, in today's environment, leaders have had to adapt and find new ways to lead with transparency and empathy. But can you tell us a bit about how you've adapted your leadership style?
4: Uh, in america and certainly within me uh about the importance of being empathetic uh in uh uh, in in the way i lead to be inclusive uh to be uh uh, to to lead in a way uh in which you're very sensitive to the impact of your decisions uh, on those on others uh, across our community so it certainly has been a challenging year uh to adapt uh but i'm happy to say that uh i'm still here and we're moving forward (laughs) perfect that I have uh, my willingness to to fight for change, and that was that was a beginning. I think that set the foundation of how I lead. And there've been so many other moments. Uh, one of the most defining moments for me personally was uh, the, the, the the massacre at Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina. A very close friend of mine, Senator Reverend Clemente Pinckney, who lost his life, and and it conjured up again these issues of how deep the divide in terms of race in America is. and But it also inspired me to lead even more and to lead harder and to lead with diligence and vigilance uh, to help close that divide. So there have been so many defining moments uh, uh, in my career. I, I will tell you, even uh, after the murder of George Floyd and my role at the US Ch- Chamber of Commerce uh, to galvanize the business community uh, inspired by that tragedy
3: It's fantastic. It's a great, great answer. Many stories. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality
4: did you admire about them? You know, I, again, I can't say that I had, I had just one, but I would tell you the one person who, uh, who had, whose historical leadership has inspired me the most, and that is the leadership of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and there's so many attributes there that are consistent with my values. But the one the one part of his leadership was vision. And I, I mean, the idea that you can have a dream, which we often define and think of his big, I have a dream speech. But I think that's a really important attribute of leadership, Shane, that you can sort of see beyond the challenges of today and see a better future for people and for yourself. So that the idea that leaders have vision uh, despite the challenges. It's seeing a forest despite the trees. It's seeing an opportunity despite the barriers. And that, that attribute I think is one that, that I embody. I mean, I, I, I'm very optimistic uh, despite the challenges, despite the circumstances. So the whole notion of vision uh, was a very important attribute that I, I learned and that I've tried to emulate from the leadership of Dr. King.
3: Wow, fantastic. And as someone who's got an extensive background in federal service uh, and out of federal service, what advice would you give to feds looking to develop leadership skills? And and you can talk about mid-career, senior career, early career, um, what comes to mind there?
4: Yeah, listen, I mean, you're aware that I had the the fortunate opportunity. We didn't have a secretary of commerce when uh, President Obama, uh, of course, I served as one of his senior advisors, was inaugurated. And the president asked me to go to the Department of Commerce to hold the fort down. And that was one of the most exciting experiences in my entire career. Not just for the title and the the wonderful experiences, but I understood the value of federal employees. And and folks forget sometimes, Shane, that we political appointees, we come and go. But the folks who, who are grinding every day, who are at their desk no matter rain, sleet, or snow,
3: And thank you very much for sharing that with us today.
4: But well, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you.
3: I'm Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Thank you for listening to today's Lessons in Leadership podcast. And until we see you next time, take good care.
2: Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision.
3: The people who looked through 200 resumes to fill a job also waited 40 minutes for their internet to dial up. You don't wait 40 minutes for your internet to dial up. You use Upwork
4: to quickly hire talent.
2: This is how we work now.